0: It's the Leaders Performance Podcast, and it's the latest edition with me, David Cushnan, Head of Content at Leaders, and John Porch, uh, Lead Writer, Leaders Performance Institute. John, hello.
1: Hello, David. How are you doing?
0: I am well. Uh, John, you have been out and about. I noticed you uh, away from your desk uh, here at uh, Leaders HQ uh, recently and you popped over to uh, England Rugby Headquarters.
1: Absolutely, down at Twickenham, David. I went and spoke to Caroline Guthrie, who is the Senior Personal Development Manager at the Rugby Players Association, or RPA.
0: And uh, the key topic that we're going to hear Caroline talk through with you in conversation is around uh, mental health, and in particular, um, a terrific new campaign that, or relatively new campaign, uh, that the Rugby Players Association has launched called Lift the Weight.
1: So Lift the Weight was launched in February 2017 with the express purpose of fighting the stigma surrounding mental health. The idea it wanted to convey to the players was that it's okay to not be okay, which is novel way of thinking, really. And the interesting thing that emerged from talking to Caroline was the idea of the role of former players. They would come in to speak to present players, they would talk about their stories, and that aspect of storytelling really underpins everything that Lift the Weight is trying to do.
0: Quick reminder before we hear your conversation, John, with uh, Caroline Guthrie, that the Leaders Performance Institute includes a terrific online content hub. John is uh, very much at the centre of that daily insight, daily perspective, daily comment from the high performance world, all available. uh, If you are a Leaders Performance Institute member, all the details, of course, at leadersinsport.com. Right. John Porch, in conversation with Caroline Guthrie. Let's go.
1: Caroline, welcome to the Leaders Performance Podcast. Thank you. And thank you for welcoming me into your office here today, the RPA, uh, obviously based here in and We're not too far from the stadium. No. Is it fair to describe this as the home of rugby?
2: Yes, I guess so, yeah, like you say, we're not actually based in the stadium, Um, but yeah, Twickenham, it's got a really good vibe around it, we've got Premiership Rugby, the RFU, the RPA here, so yes, I think it, it probably is the home of rugby.
1: And it's the ideal place to have a chat. It is,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the glamorous surroundings of our office.
1: And of course, on the agenda today is the Lift the Weight campaign, I wonder if you could please explain how it came into being and where the original idea came from.
2: Yeah, absolutely, it was... Um, Back in 2012, I think it was, we spoke to Duncan Bell, so a former player, about his experience of dealing with depression, which was really insightful, really open and honest, and um, really got I think, a good response from players. And I think following on from that, it had been a few years since that, and we just felt it was important to talk about it again. Um, we've seen quite a few interviews with various players talking about their personal experiences of dealing with anxiety, depression, um, struggles with the game, and we just felt as an association, it was hugely important for us to, to talk about it really openly and sort of cultivate and encourage a culture where players feel they can talk really openly, they recognise signs and symptoms, um, they can support each other as much as themselves and um, we just fundamentally believe that players listen to players and, and that's the best response. So we wanted to expand on that and, and talk to a variety of different players and we're lucky enough to have nine different players um, say that they wanted to be involved which was absolutely amazing Um, and just did various different interviews with them about different sort of different areas managing um, mental well-being and mental health um, which just created this phenomenal insights into the different stresses that players can can face in their careers and and beyond Um, and that enabled us to put together this campaign uh, which we then sort of sent out and had thankfully a really, really positive response both amongst our membership um, and wider, which was fantastic. So yeah, really positive.
1: So with the insights of those nine players and the start of the campaign, what were the first steps?
2: First steps were really actually just speaking to those players about their different experiences. So we wanted to, um, make it obviously very relevant for our membership so our sort of current and former players so talk to them about how they manage things like long-term injury coming out of the game and starting a new career uh, selection performance stress that sort of thing so um, we really just were led by the players themselves um, and they spoke about their different experiences and understandings and ways of coping and how they feel about it now which I think as we wanted, then facilitated a conversation beyond that, um, and allowed players to sort of identify with with their own experiences, and we we wanted to create sort of one general sort of standout uh, campaign video, which was the video that was shared amongst all our social media channels, but. Also then slightly more in-depth videos on our website, both with the players that were involved and Cognacity, who are our counselling service, talking about what the signs and symptoms are of of mental ill health and how to deal with it.
1: And did Cognacity come on board early?
2: They did. We've worked with them since 2008 actually, so they've offered this confidential counselling service since then. Um, so we've worked with them for a number of years and we talked to them throughout this process about how the best way was to sort of approach this and, and get the best response and make sure that it really did resonate with our membership. And So they've been brilliant and, and really supported us throughout this whole thing.
1: And just taking things back a step, how large is your membership? Of course, there's former players as well.
2: Mm, Yeah, so we represent um, over 700 current players, and we've got over 400 former players as well.
1: And they would all have access to this service should they want and, and need it?
2: They do, yeah, they do all have access to it, yeah.
1: And can you outline some of the services that you provide for those athletes and former athletes, I guess?
2: Absolutely, yeah. So sort of at the heart of what we do is our personal development programme. So myself as a personal development manager... Um, We have eight working for the RPA across those clubs and with with former players as well. So through that current players can access the sort of four pillars really, so education, personal development, um, player welfare and preparation for career transition. So we'll work with current players on all those different areas from day one of their professional career right through to when they're retiring and then beyond. So, former players can continue uh, support from a personal development manager. So, we've got two alumni PDMs, as we call them, um, who can all do work with our alumni membership database and they can continue to act as support on career transition, obviously, the confidential counselling service. We run a transition weekend, which we've just started, we've done two uh, over the last couple of years, which is an opportunity for players who are thinking about retiring or have retired to come together over a weekend and talk about the various different challenges that that can present. Um, so we talk about it from an emotional impact perspective, so cognacity um, help with that, and also transferable skills and practical elements that you need uh, for transition. So we really work with players from sort of day one of their career with an academy induction day through to the end of transition weekend and, and beyond that. So. There's a fair amount of support there,
1: so it's important to bring on board the, I guess you call them teenagers in the academy, you know, early on.
2: Absolutely, yeah. We feel, I guess, fundamentally, we want players to it, it to be the best place to play rugby. So we want players to feel prepared for that transition when it eventually happens, and absolutely believe that, that the best way you can prepare is to start from day one. So um, encouraging players to have something beyond rugby that they're engaged in and they have a really positive work-life balance. Um, and that all feeds into positive mental health um, and, and feeling encouraged and enthusiastic about the next steps and that they don't just identify with being a rugby player but a recognition that there's, there's so much more uh, to look forward to as well.
1: And those transition weekends further down the line, where would they take place, what do they look like?
2: So we run just one transition weekend which is um, normally in June um, and it's it takes place in the countryside, so um, away from London. Um, mainly because we, we try and do some outdoor activity as well, not just stuck in a classroom. But we work with a, a leadership company called Fieri who um, who offers some fantastic mentors who have been through transition themselves. So. We just felt it was really important to talk about it, but also to connect players going through that. So I think particularly coming from a team sport where you do everything together, you're part of a team, it's a real sort of unified uh, unit. Um, sometimes your transition can feel quite isolating, quite lonely, so an opportunity to connect to connect with others that have either been through it or are going through it felt like a really important service that we could offer our members um and a great opportunity for them to sort of share all the different challenges and of course um the emotional impact of, of big change in your life such as coming out of rugby changing career can can be really tough. So um again sort of part to lift the weight is, is just identifying what those challenges are, how they can present themselves and most importantly where you can go to get support.
1: And what are some of the most common types of transition then? If you could talk me through some of the things that you might See routinely.
2: Yeah, players will will go through a number of transitions I suppose throughout their professional careers. So, whether that's um, transitioning from academy to senior player, whether that's changing club, um, dealing with long term injury is obviously huge. Kind of transitioning from being fit to being unfit and back to fit again, um, and probably one of the biggest is is dealing with that career transition. So something you've always known of being a rugby player, particularly in this generation now, um, and then coming out of that and, and going into a second career can present lots of challenges. Um, we're trying to explore a lot more into that and get a better understanding of how we can help players. But but that transition is probably a fundamental one and, and one that we're working on. So, as I said, the whole Lift the Weight campaign is designed to resonate with players at every stage of their career. but you know if you, if you hear what Ollie Phillips spoke about and he's dealing with his transition Duncan Bell, um, spoke really eloquently and really insightfully about how they dealt with it and, and how it sort of some things were really surprising um, and you can't plan for but How honestly they spoke, I think, was absolutely amazing in terms of that it can be really challenging and um, most importantly it is about understanding where you can go and just talking about it, just having the ability and and the facility to talk about it. And that's something that the RPA felt really passionate about is that we never want players to feel like they're on their own. Um, So again, coming out of that team environment and understanding that everyone's experience of transition is different and hopefully positive, but equally um, an appreciation that it can be tough as well.
1: And I imagine some of your members, perhaps some of the older, more mature players, would be experiencing this for the first time. Of course, they're only going to retire once perhaps, but Mm. what I mean is the fact that they can call upon services such as that which you provide.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I think... um Fundamentally for us it's just about making sure that our players know that they can access it and again that was why it was great to launch a campaign that that sort of did get out there and, and did have such a good impact because it meant that we were raising awareness about it and that's one of the most important things and I think particularly with players that have retired. um, Obviously you can't go into a club and and see them all in one place at one time, so it was important for us to have a a wide-reaching scope for the campaign to ensure that players were aware of it and were talking about it, and and the best thing about it was that players talked about it, Um, so we could launch it, but actually having players sort of come out and, and share their own experiences off the back of hearing from fellow players was the most positive part of it, I think.
1: And one of the key components of the uh, of the service is uh, relationships, of course. Um, do you find that your members underestimate the importance of good relationships, or how important they are to their general well-being?
2: I think relationships are are obviously hugely important, and then players will form incredibly strong connections between teammates, fellow players. Um, relationships are, are sort of fundamental to everything we do. So. I think it was about us encouraging positive relationships and understanding um, a trust um, between us so, so yes absolutely it was about as much about recognising symptoms and signs in yourself as it is in your teammates or fellow players so you just cultivate this culture of openness and honesty and acceptance and that it's okay to not be okay. Um, and that good relationships will always be the sort of groundwork for that. So yes, I think I think that's a really important part of their playing career. And, and what we offer, particularly with the PDMs and, and positive relationships there, is, is really key to what we do.
1: And what about the work-life balance? It can be a, it can be a struggle for most of us. Mm. Um, is that something that players can perhaps struggle with at times?
2: Yeah, of course. I think, like you say, that's something everyone needs to deal with, isn't it? In, in sort of terms of dealing with work-life balance and particularly rugby it's an all-encompassing career Um, it's a lifestyle as much as a job and that feeds back into what the personal development program does is all about encouraging players to have a really positive work-life balance and and not feel completely sort of swamped and and over pressured by rugby and they have the ability to engage in activity away from rugby which can help with their confidence and and sort of self-identity. So, yes, absolutely that's everything that the the PDP is about Um, and just encouraging players to to look beyond rugby and and gain confidence from doing things outside of that as well.
1: I wanted to touch upon addictive behaviours. Are they more common perhaps in elite athletes in the general population? What what does that picture look like?
2: I think every individual is different, obviously, and and addictive behaviours, potentially, um, I guess, things like gambling, maybe, um, competitive nature of players, but... It's very, um, it's case by case and it's an individual experience so I think we do a huge amount of education for players on different areas and always try and look ahead to what players need before maybe they know they need it. Um, so we'll do education on gambling, we do education on alcohol awareness, we do education around anti-doping and illicit drugs. So. Again, it comes back to just talking about it and, and creating a platform for players to be able to recognise any problems, problematic behaviour, um, an understanding of where they sit on the scale and, and most importantly, where they can go if they need to get help. So it, it's just about having the environment where they can talk openly and honestly and, and just recognise, as I said, any sort of problematic symptoms.
1: So what do those education programmes look like? Does it involve video? Um, Ex players, perhaps, come in to talk or specialists in their field?
2: Yes, exactly that. So, we're, we're very keen on, um, I guess, storytelling, um, so to put it into context and um, for players, so it's something that they can understand and, and can resonate with them. So, we have specialists come in, talk about their experience of um, their personal experience of, of problem gambling and becoming addicted to that, and the same with alcohol. Um, so they share their own their own experiences and how they dealt with it and where they go and where players can go should they be experiencing similar issues. This season actually we're running a series of transition talks so we're getting former players from those clubs into the clubs, back into the clubs, to talk to the players about what their experience was of retiring from the game and, and going into a new career which uh, definitely has a good impact on the players because as we said, like. If, if someone can stand there and say, I was sitting in your chair two, three, four years ago, I know exactly how it feels, and this is my experience, then, then players tend to sit up and listen. So we absolutely understand the, the impact of player to player, um, and that's something that we always try and do where possible. So that's something that we focus on and, in terms of education and, and supporting the players where we can. Um, but as, as you said, also getting specialists in to sort of share their stories as well
1: but I imagine you're able to observe these services and you actually see the reaction of the players and it actually resonates with them.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think particularly, as I said, bringing players in who have been there and experienced it and gone through it and then able to share their own experiences is you know, is is brilliant and, and we all sort of understand better when we connect with the person that we're learning from. So um, yeah, so that's had a very positive impact so far and just really enjoying sort of taking those transition talks out to all of the clubs.
1: Alright, so you'll actually go into the clubs on any given day and I guess speak to them?
2: Yeah, PDMs will be based in the clubs every week, um, so they will then facilitate those talks, they'll then connect with former players from those clubs, get them in, um, arrange them to come in and talk to the guys. So yeah, P- PDMs are very much on the ground every day, um, seeing seeing the players and kind of understanding what's needed.
1: So the fact that it's part of their routine, the fact that you're actually educating them, um, Do you feel that that helps the players to, I guess, begin to identify potential problems in their own situation, their own life?
2: Hopefully, yeah. I think um, coming back to Lift the Weight, that was really what what it was all about, was helping players and supporting them in identifying those areas. And, and, And as I said, sort of creating this culture where it was okay for them to speak up and say, I'm struggling. Um, and and for them to know that they're absolutely not alone and not only are they not alone but fellow players have possibly potentially been through a very similar experience so um, it is all about just just creating that environment and and that acceptance and hopefully as I said sort of maybe looking at areas before players know they need it um, just means that we're trying to be as proactive as possible in, in helping them.
1: And one major area, I guess, is depression. I, I think you read an increasing number of stories of players in rugby and in other sports, actually, um, admitting that they've experienced or endured some sort of depression. Um, how well do you feel depression is understood across elite rugby and how is Lift Away addressing that?
2: mm mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's been really interesting, actually. it's been amazing to see so many players come out and talk about their, their own experiences. So I know sort of Rory Lamont did it a few years ago, um, Jack Berger came out of the back of Lift the weights sort of talking about his experience of depression, um, Fraser Brown I know spoke and, and those are obviously alongside the players that we had involved in our own campaign so Ollie Phillips, Duncan Bell, Nolly Waterman, John O'Kitto, Talking absolutely phenomenally about about how they experienced depression and how they dealt with it and what the signs were, what the symptoms were. So, hopefully, it's something that's becoming better understood, not just in rugby but in society, because you know it's, it's something that affects everybody. Um, so it it's it's fantastic to be able to to get players talking about it, and hopefully, the more we talk about it, the more understanding there is of it. Um, and as I said a greater understanding of where to go to get support and and as ever that you're just not on your own.
1: Is there a link between anxiety and depression? People always seem to conflate the two and uh, it can be a bit hard to define sometimes.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely not the expert on that but yeah, I think there is probably definitely a link between anxiety and depression and it's just understanding where you are on that scale and at what point is it becoming problematic for you personally. Um and and what is personal to you, what those signs are to you that, that mean I think I should speak to someone or I would like to reach out and speak to someone.
1: And moving on to stress, um, can you explore some of the differences between stress that lift the weight seeks to address mm-hmm. and performance stress from training or from the game at the weekend or whatever that players inevitably feel during the course of the season? Um, what Where does this, the distinction lie there?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I think you know we're all under stress, aren't we? Quite a lot, um, and and players particularly, I I think are under a unique set of stresses. Um, so it's sort of particularly acute, um performance selection, public scrutiny. Um, you know that is, that is an incredibly stressful environment, and I think we all need to perform at a certain level of, of stress to be at our best. So it's it's a kind of recognition of what's good stress and, and when you've gone over that edge and what's not good stress. And I think Lift The Weight, as I said, is, is sort of there to help players and individuals and everybody understand at what point you've tipped over. And it's it's not necessarily good stress, it's it's actually having a negative impact on you. Um, and it's, you know, we have videos on our website of both players talking um and specialists from cognasty talking and, and sort of more, um, about the the signs and symptoms. So hopefully it's an opportunity for players to be able to say actually I think I'm, I'm struggling and I've been struggling for a while, um, and that's not normal for me. So I'm at a point where I would like to speak to someone. So. Yes, it's it's as ever. It's incredibly individual, and and that's something that's important to recognise that it's it affects different people in different ways. But if you feel that you're in an environment where it's open and it's accepted and it's absolutely. You know normal to talk about it in the same way that if you had a niggle with your knee or your ankle or your shoulder, or you would see a physio or a doctor. Um, absolutely the same with mental stress and depression and anxiety that you would seek support to, to help make it better.
1: So, are we observing a cultural shift here?
2: Hopefully, I, I think you know it's fantastic to see as a society in general that we're talking more about it. I think, um, and the more channels we can do that through and the more people that can talk about their experiences the better I think and, and as I said is if you can relate to someone that's been in a very similar situation to yourself then hopefully that means you feel more confident talking up personally and, and accessing support if you need it
1: and is it a continual process of refining your services I mean how, how long has Lift Weight been in operation now?
2: We launched Lift the Weight in February twenty seventeen, so um not even a year. Um, it's been and and it absolutely is a continual process and um constantly trying to learn what else we can do and how we can continue the impact. You know, we don't want to launch it and then leave it, but we want to launch it and grow it, and we want it to become part of the terminology of of players and beyond. So just to to keep this momentum of a real positive terminology around mental health and and really positive conversations around it. But I think we're always learning. I mean, I've worked at the RPA for 10 years and and I'm still always learning and understanding what else we can be doing and how we can do it better. And every player has a different experience and a different journey through their professional career. And it's fantastic to watch, but it's fantastic to learn from as well. Yes, it feels like a very a personal journey as much as a journey for everyone to learn about what else we can be doing
1: and we've touched on mental health in wider society here um Are there other sports and other disciplines that you look to for inspiration when it comes to providing your services and devising them mm,
2: yeah we we're um always looking beyond i think sport as an industry is is very um, proactive about trying to look at the ways that we can support players off the pitch and off the field. Um, we work really closely with fellow rugby associations across the world. Um, so connect with them and talk to them about what they're doing and how they're supporting their players, and try and learn from each other. But beyond rugby, yeah, absolutely, we sort of learn from different sports and and just try and get an understanding of what the culture is. So um, try and sort of survey players, and we speak to. Um, people in football and cricket and rugby um, and beyond and just, just try and learn from each other I think we're all singing off the same hymn sheet in terms of what we want to do and, and that boils down to just supporting players and athletes to the best of our ability um, so if we can learn from each other then then so the better um, so yeah it it's definitely feels very positive at the moment
1: And it sounds like you enjoy good relationships with the clubs and perhaps even the RFU and the Rugby Football Union
2: Yeah absolutely I mean obviously just I'm a personal development manager so it's, it's really important to have good relationships and um, I work very closely with the clubs I work with and, and really enjoy working with them and, and the players and just as I said constantly trying to learn what else we can be doing and what else we should be doing and how we can make that happen so yeah it's fantastic to all work together on it. And of
1: course it's still early days but what do you feel have been some of your big biggest successes so far? Uh, what challenges have you faced and overcome?
2: I think with Lift The Weight, the biggest success for us is really just seeing it resonate with players. That's what meant the most to us and just ensuring that the message was reaching the players that we're working with and to see that happen but to see it go beyond that was was absolutely amazing and to see players' responses from it and feel confident to come out and say actually I struggled or I know someone who struggled and this is what helped is just... Is, is absolutely amazing. So I, I think it's it's great that it had such a, a positive pickup when we launched it. Um but we're always looking to see what else we can be doing and how we can continue it and how we can engage with our players and and make sure that we're providing a service that the players really sort of they want and they feel is positive. Um so yes, it's it's every day is, is learning and, and trying to see what else we can do. But I think um we feel very positive about the response that Lift the Weight's had so far.
1: And what are your ambitions for Lift the Weight in the immediate future, the next few years perhaps?
2: Yeah, it's it's to continue talking about it. So um it's to continue that message. We want to probably start trying to interview other players and different experiences. So talk a bit more about inclusivity and acceptance and we work with just the most phenomenal players who have such different and varied experiences of different situations. So trying to get more stories, I think, is, is probably the, the overall aim. Um, and just engage with our players and feed that back to our, our other players. So engage with our membership and just make sure that we're still hitting the right notes and, and just encouraging players to talk, um, feel supported that's absolutely what it boils down to for me.
1: Well, You've mentioned it a couple of times during our chat, but storytelling seems key to everything that you're doing yeah. with Lift the Weight.
2: Yeah, it does, yeah. I, I, and I think that's that's player-led. Everything we do is about the player. Um, so I, I absolutely think that's player-led, and, and players have the best stories to tell. So um, if they're willing to, to share them publicly, um, and particularly back to their fellow players, then I think that has the best impact. So... Yes, I think that's something that we're focusing on at the moment, um, but just trying to make sure it, it, it hits the right notes and um, has the right message.
1: And I think that might be a great place to leave it. Caroline Guthrie, thank you very much for talking to me thank today. Thank you
2: very much.